You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Here's a big problem, a very big problem that is plaguing many young people, and parents sometimes are very, very lost on how to deal with it. The problem is teen depression. And even when, uh, you know, we have a guest here today, and, you know, having read uh, enough of his book to know him and his wife are good people and they're good parents, and they had one heck of a time walking through this minefield of teen depression and getting their child to the other side where he could actually have a productive and happy life. Teen depression, they came to call in their home the monster. And given given the stories, I can believe it. You know, it could be just paralyzing for everybody. You know, this was a basically good kid, you know. I mean, he was a good kid. And all of a sudden, you know, the day that it sort of the depression like announced itself big time, he didn't like the answer he got from his dad. And he walked downstairs to his room. He picked up a baseball and threw it through the wall three times. Well, gosh. That sort of is like a wake-up call. Now, he had never done anything like this before. And you just sort of, you know, as a parent, you go, gosh, I've said no before and we haven't had. What happened? <laughs> what is going on? And uh, it, it, it was a very interesting thing to read about uh, how troubled, you know, the, Tom, the, the young man this story is a lot about, at one time described teen depression as getting beat up from the inside. So, you know, you see these guys yeah. on TV particularly that, you know, somebody's just kicking the, you know, crap mm-hmm, out of them mm-hmm. and they're just beaten to a pulp, right? And that reversed from the inside is how it felt day in, day out, day in, day out for years. You know, one time I was uh, really in love with a gal and, and she was flirting with other guys and stuff, you know, and so I went into a self-rejection and some friend came over and says, you know, you, you could die this way. Catch a hold of yourself. You right. Know, adjust yourself. And I did. It wasn't as serious as this, of course. But, you know, that was just the beginning of this kind of thing. In fact, uh, it is said here in this book, a, Rel- a Relentless Hope, Surviving the Storm of Teen Depression by Gary E. Nelson. He writes in here that uh, some studies list suicide as the number two cause of death for teenagers. Of course, he suspects that alcohol-related deaths are also depression-oriented because they're using alcohol as a numbing agent for the depression. Yeah, that you know, there's it's a split. Some of it's wildness and some of it's depression. So That's yeah, right. yeah, it would get a split. So to find out more about this uh, this good book that parents and teens alike would be able to use to help them 
to get through the minefield of teen depression, we would like to welcome to the show Gary E. Nelson, again, author of A Relentless Hope. How are you doing, Gary? Good evening. I'm doing well, thank you. What a journey. Yes, what a, a journey. <laughs> a slice of hell on earth, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. Amazing. Um, uh, it it was quite amazing and quite a miracle in many ways. Um, in the end of the book, I call it a resurrection. Nothing short of that. Absolutely. You know, I got to tell you, I'm reading and reading and reading, and I read how you push, 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 Tom. In fact, I want to talk about this a little later, but you push him. In fact, you you have to leave the room because all you want to do is take him and pound him against the wall because you are so frustrated that you cannot get him to move, do any, hardly breathe. You were just going nuts, and years later you ask him, what do you think we could have done more? And he looks at you and says, push harder. <laughs> and, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm going, you know, I mean, you, you were pushing as hard as you knew you could without going crazy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I used to, used to often tell the story that, there was a, a pathway worn in the carpet from his room uh, back upstairs in our home because um, when I would walk in each morning and, and realize that once again he wasn't going to be able to go to school, um, immediately before I, I figured a lot of this out and had some insights, immediately then my own fear would just erupt into anger. And sure, I, I mean, nothing physical ever happened, but I, you know, I had that sense of I just want I want to just throw him through the wall. I'm so scared. And, and of course, the fear would go straight to helplessness and, and all that anger. So absolutely, I, I would have to work to really calm myself down before I could do anything else to try and help him. So You're, yeah. li- you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmé Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answer to life's tough questions. Our guest today, Gary E. Nelson, who he and his wife, Patty, walked through the minefield of depression with their young teenager, and the book is called A Relentless Hope. So, Gary, exactly, I mean, you find out he's not going to go to school again today. You say you were scared. Exactly what are you scared about here? Oh, my goodness. The fear has so many levels for me because your listeners probably haven't heard yet. I'm also a clinician. I'm a pastoral counselor, so on top of being a parent, I'm a professional that's been trained in the field. I literally at that time had other families bringing their teens to me for help as well. So the fear was on all kinds of levels. The first level was was certainly, oh, no, what's happening to my child? Because this was a young man that um, all through his middle school years or junior high, whichever system that, that you're familiar with, um, he made the honor roll. He graduated from that part of from middle school as as a member of the National Junior Honor Society. Um, he was a home run baseball player, an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. And then I began to watch him go through this this torture. So the first fear was, oh no, what's happening to my son? And as we began to to reach out to to different physicians and things like that. Um, to check out all the possibilities because for him, like many teens, it starts with, I'm sick. You know, well, what's wrong? Well, my stomach hurts. I'm sick. So yeah, yeah. We have to check out those things. Then the fear is, um, oh, no, what kind of a parent am I? 
And then the fear is, oh, no, what's going to happen to him? Oh, no, what's going to happen to us as parents? I mean, now we got truancy issues here. And then, yeah, yeah. oh, no, what are people going to think about me as a clinician if I can't get my own son to school? Yeah. So in, fear in, on all those levels. In <laughs> fact, you, you comment that uh, for parents to succeed with a teen in depression, they indeed must fight their own demons. Absolutely. That was one of the uh, most incredibly spiritual moments, I think, for me was when I had to face my own fear and realize that that was, that was the demon, in a sense, that had the potential to destroy us. And when I faced that fear um, and recognized it for what it was, then I was able at least to stop doing what was not helpful uh, because that's one of the things fear does, is it drives us to keep doing something just so we can say we're doing something, yep. even if it doesn't help. Yep. So and how, so how, it it was a leap of faith, so to speak, for me to be able to say, I don't know what to do next, but at least I know to stop doing what's not helping, and the fear is driving me to continue to do what's not helping. Right. So, so that's rather humbling, and also you must surrender to what you would call God, to what we might call the guides, you know, the spirit guides, Absolutely. Sur- surrendering to them to help you walk through this. Absolutely. That's the moment of grace. That's man. a big job, isn't it? Absolutely. You, <laughs> you, you face that and say, um, I cannot do this. It's almost like uh, the addict in, a, in a, uh, some kind of uh, AA or NA meeting, sure. something like that, facing a similar kind of moment and saying, I can't do this on my own. And as a parent, um, I think that's incredibly important and then incredibly freeing because from that, then I began to realize that um, I make a lot of decisions and choices and every one of them is a little right and a little wrong. (laughs) And five years from now, one may turn out to be one of my best or it may turn out to be one of my worst. So I need a lot of grace in the interim. Yeah, so that's, that's very, very nice. freeing, believe me, so, very free. So there's a whole level we reach, and sometimes being knocked around to reach this level is better than not. And the level is where we ask for help from a higher source, and we begin to notice a higher source helping, and it increases our faith that we're not alone, and it helps us pull ourselves out of the mire and, and get a life back on track and solve the problems. Certainly. That, that, that's why one of the chapters in the book is devoted to spirituality, um, because it is that, and, and that's why I am a pastoral counselor. That means I'm trained, um, I have a doctorate in pastoral counseling from Boston University, and that means my training is both in psychology and theology and, and pastoral counseling, and it's a melding of those. And um, the spiritual component is, is critical, because um, we're not alone, that's right, but suffering has a way of um, of driving us into that wilderness. Boy, and we become it? like the ones who said, you know, how do you sing the Lord's song in a far-off land? Um, that sense of abandonment that despair can take us to. And, and so uh, uh, facing our fear and our helplessness and finding God in the midst or, or our higher, higher being, however we frame that, finding that in the midst of our suffering is just amazing. 
and key. You're listening. Absolutely. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest today is Gary E. Nelson, who's written a book called A Relentless Hope. And what he and his wife Patty did was help their son Tom go through teen depression without killing himself, which with teen depression is a big accomplishment. You know, one of the names I have for God is the solver of all problems. Amen. And <laughs> Yeah. And to the audience out there, you're listening to three people that know that God is real. You know, we've struggled and we've found more and more evidence, actual evidence that we, you know, hands-on that helps us through different things. And, you know, you're helping people in your work uh, deal with hard issues, so... You know, sometimes it's it's helping them find the handle of God that helps them get a handle on themselves, too. So we're all here saying God is real and God works and God solves things and helps us get our lives working well. What else is there to say to all that? Well, I think I think a big part of, of the spirituality in, in all this for me and, and part of my journey in this was, um, this was by far the most difficult thing I've ever been through in my entire life. Um, and um, I've walked the path of suffering with many, many in, in my 30 years of ministry, but, but this was a time when my family and I, we, we walked this path of suffering. And um, it became very evident to me that we tend to be oriented I think as a culture to um, a sense of, of um, we ask and we ask God to work, we wait for God to work, uh, or I mean we expect the outcome and and that's what we're focused on and and suffering is oftentimes difficult to um, make sense of and and what I found was that that God is also the God in the waiting and in the suffering. It's not just based, God is not just God based on the outcome, that, that God is in the suffering part of the journey. You're right. We need to yep. take a break. You're I listening agree. to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, our guest Gary Nelson, who will help you through teen depression. Stay with us. We have more. 